Hey everybody, welcome to Biropod Presents Fan Fiction Theater Unexpected Dimensions. A X Files slash Frasier crossover. I think not technically a slash. I think that's a, a different genre. It's the French pronunciation. Um, this is written by Crazy Sock Monkeys and read by Byron Hussey without permission. So, um, as always, if this, if there's any sort of legal objection, please let me know. I'll, uh, I guess let's get, get into like a protracted, uh, legal, legal battle over this, um, idiotic podcast that maybe, maybe 30 people will listen to. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, so Unexpected Dimensions, as I said, written by Crazy Sock Monkeys. Um, if you'd like to read along, this is um, fanfiction.net slash s slash 9003683 slash one slash unexpected hyphen dimensions. Not sure why I decided <laughs> to read that uh, URL, um, but uh, there, there you go. Uh, this fiction is rated K for kink or kids. I'm not sure. So before the story starts, there's a author's note from Crazy Sock Monkeys. And it says, a very, a very big thank you to X-Files Fanatic for requesting this story and for giving me so much support in everything I do. You are such a great friend. Smiley face. Very cute, very nice, and the story starts. Fox had never been to Seattle. He had been there for about the past week, waking until he could finally make it to New Mexico, and thus safety. I think that meant uh, waiting. Uh, he missed Dana terribly. Not only did he miss her, but he felt guilty that he had to leave her to take care of her baby all alone. He had been thinking about trying to contact her for the past few days, though he knew that doing so would be rather risky, not only for him, but for her too. After all, he was in hiding. When Fox awoke on that cold January morning, he knew he had to get out of his messy hotel room and go somewhere. He had been trying to limit his outings and stay inside, but it hadn't exactly gone as planned. There was only so much you could do in a hotel room, after all. He got out of bed and got dressed, not bothering to brush his teeth or comb his hair, grabbing the keys to his rental car and making sure his room key was safely tucked into his pocket. He walked out the door into silent hallway. There had been one place he had been going of late, a small coffee shop called Cafe Nervosa. It somehow felt safe inside, as if he wasn't on the run from the government, like he actually was. Once in the car, he recalled the route to the little shop and began to drive. The weather was cloudy and drizzly. That's classic for Seattle, by the way. That's a good touch. And from what he had heard about Seattle, it was like this often. Ah, like I said, before you knew it, he had arrived at Cafe Nervosa. Once parked, he went inside out of the cold. 
Upon entering, the smell of coffee grounds struck him. Fox liked coffee, but just the plain kind. <laughs> he never ordered whipped cream or cinnamon or really anything to dress it up. When he got to the front, he ordered his coffee black, then picked a table and started waiting. He looked around the room, observing the kinds of people sitting at different tables, taking, talking, sipping, eating, smiling. Suddenly, a burst of laughter from directly in front of him grabbed his attention. Um... <laughs> I think this might be Daphne, but I just have to read ahead just a little bit to be sure. Um, I'll just say it's Daphne. Niles, you're, you're so silly. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, Daphne. Well, your beauty makes me rather giddy, my love. Fox rolled his eyes at something so cheesy, but he continued to watch the couple. The man was blonde-haired and blue-eyed. He was wearing an expensive suit and tie. Fox noticed that his watch was top of the line, and he sat up straight and tall. Fox knew that such high, such high society men like these were common in Seattle. It seemed odd to him that he was with this sort of woman, who was rather pretty but not half as well-dressed as the man. She had short brown hair, dark eyes, and was thin, but not underweight. <laughs> Another thing that Fox noticed was a British accent fell out of her lips when she talked. The two sat at the table directly in front of him, holding hands with one arm and drinking their coffee with the other. Oh man, they're so close. They just love each other so much. What a beautiful, what a beautiful relationship between Niles and Daphne. So... How are Dad and Fraser treating you? said the man. Oh, pretty well. All in all. <laughs> Though your father has been a tad whiny lately. He won't do his exercises. He refuses to eat the food I cook him. That sort of thing, the woman replied. That's another good, a good Daphne read right there. Daphne, hasn't he been doing that for the past nine years? Pretty much, yes. They laughed a little bit, then moved on. Niles, I've been meaning to ask you, began Daphne. How are things going with your brother and his new girlfriend? Karina? Yes, that's the one. Oh, well, I talked to him just yesterday, and he said they broke up. Classic Fraser. He can never hold down a woman. That is not an expression. Moving on. Well, no wonder he's been such a gloomy Gus. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? So many dates after all these years, and he still hasn't found the right person. I feel bad for him, too. <laughs> I have to try, to try to resist the temptation to make Niles British, too. It's just it's really, really hard to get out of that perfect British accent once you get into it. I feel bad for him, too. But it makes me feel even luckier to have you. Oh, Niles, I love you, and I love you. They looked into each other's eyes in the most beautiful way, 
and Fox felt a pain twist inside of him. He looked down into the coffee that the waitress had just delivered to him, his thoughts again drifting to Dana. He envied this man, this Niles, for his freedom to be with the woman he loved out in public without a care in the world to concern him. If only Dana could be as happy as Daphne was, for he knew that she was probably just as lonely as he was. It was at that instant that he knew exactly what he should do. He finished the drink and left the cafe. When he was back in his hotel room, he grabbed his laptop and went straight to his email. Then he started writing. Subject, dearest Dana. For, I've resisted contacting you for reasons I know you continue to appreciate. But to be honest, some unexpected dimensions of my new life are eating away at any resolve I have left. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's it. I'm. I'm. I guess I'm not sure. I'm not sure um, where it's gonna go from there. But that's that's straight up the end of the story. Totally. That's it's done. We'll never know what the unexpected dimensions are. The titular unexpected unexpected dimensions. It was really short. It was a lot shorter than I thought it was gonna be. Um, so I guess I'll just, er, I guess I'll just find like one more to read. Um, Scooby-Doo's Last Adventure by Broski224. Read without permission by Byron Hussey. The preamble to this story is, uh, your challenge is to write a crossover fanfiction combining Frasier and Scooby-Doo. The story should use alcoholism as a plot device. Exclamation point. At least he had gotten over his eating disorder, Frasier reminded himself as he flipped through his notes. He still couldn't believe no one had turned the man in sooner. He hadn't had a proper address in eight years. He'd been at the scene of numerous petty crimes. Spelled P-E-T-Y. He once told an entire village he'd turned into a werewolf, and now he thought his dog was talking to him. That had been the straw that broke the camel's back and his friend's patience. <laughs> uh... <laughs> When did your dog, Fraser began, before the young man sitting across from him interrupted. Scooby-Doo! 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 Mr. Rogers corrected. Yes, Scooby-Doo! When did he begin talking to you? Fraser asked. Why, he's been talking to me for years, man. Since we were little. I guess that's from a pup, ma a pup, a pup named Scooby Doo. He was just a pup, and I was just a baby. <laughs> Rogers exclaimed, stroking his goatee as fond memories rushed back to him. And how old are you, Mister Rogers? 
Fraser's voice was calm and slightly warm. I'm not sure if I uh, did that in a calm or warm way. As usual. He was so very glad this young man's friends had finally sought help for him. Like, 24, man. Like, 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 like 24, man. It's really bad. Shaggy? Yes, and how old is Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Often simple logic questions like this would snap the patient out of it, make them realize their flawed logic. Like, 24, I guess. I don't know, man. Rogers shrugged his shoulders. He didn't seem to see anything unusual about his dog's age. And that's, that's very, very old for a dog, especially a big one like Scooby. Your friend Mr. Jones, you, sa you said you found the dog three years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is that true? The doctor asked, uh, oh, the doctor asked as he crossed one leg over the other, absent-mindedly fixing the cuff of his pant. S pants. No, 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 man. It isn't true. <laughs> I've had the dog, like, forever. Rogers grumbled. I see. Your friends also say you've been drinking lately. <laughs> Fraser offered kindly. Just a little, man. Just a little, like, one or two beers a night, man. No more than that. No, man. No. Are you sure? No, maybe a bit. Maybe a bit more. When Scooby's really like talkative, man. So, so Scooby drinks with you. Fraser raised an eyebrow. This wasn't the first quote talking pet, unquote. He dealt with, and certainly not the most bizarre. Once he dealt with a teenage boy who brought in a shark. I guess that's like a, a reference to Jabberjaw. <laughs> it's a deep, that's a deep pull. Old j Jabberjaw reference. But the cases always got to him. He sometimes wondered what made a person act like this, behave so irrationally. No, never, dogs don't drink, man. Ain't healthy for them. <laughs> Not sure what, I don't know what happened to this, uh, this Shaggy. It started, like, at least I was trying to do it like Shaggy, but now it's like, uh, like, I guess it's like Maynard G. Krebs or something? I'm not sure. Good, good. Why do you drink, Norval? Norval? Fraser asked. Call me Shaggy, okay? Rogers barked back. All right. Shaggy. But I drink... Because when I drink, Scooby talks so much more, man, and he's so funny. The winks. The other day he said this. I'm sorry, Mr. Rogers, I really am, but we're out of time. Have Freddie and Velma bring, back, bring you back and here the next time, okay? Fraser said politely. He was glad the session was over. Mr. Rogers made him nervous, especially once he learned about his uncle's mysterious death. The doctor stood and waited for his patient to do the same before fatherly, fatherly wrapping him around the boy's skinny neck and escort. <laughs> fatherly wrapping him. His arm. Sorry, I, that's, that's my bad. 
father, fatherly wrapping his arm around the boy's skinny neck and escorting him out. The man's friends were still in the waiting room, as always. The pretty girl, he hadn't gotten her name, escorted Rogers out of the building, walking him to their spastically painted van, while the other two waited to talk to him out of earshot. Um, I don't know why this author uses the last names of um, the characters. It says, do you think he'll be all right, Dr. Dinkley asked? Um, is Dinkley Velma? I guess I'll just assume Dinkley is Velma. Uh, how, you, how do you sound like Velma? Like, do you think he'll be all right, doctor? <laughs> Dinkley asked. Well, I think so. Are you sure you can't get rid of the dog? That might help him. Fraser sighed. No. That might help him. <laughs> Fraser sighed. Um We can't get get rid of it, man. It's his life. Jones barked. Is that Fred? Fred Jones? Um Alright, alright. Just make sure he takes his pills and no more adventures, okay? Uh Jinkies, mister. I don't know <laughs> if we can do that. Adventures always find us, the girls shouted. Yeah, confirmed Velma. She said Jenkies, spelled incorrectly as Jenkies with an E. Well, just try not letting them, okay? Fraser said calmly as the two younger youngsters left. One day, he was sure that they'd all be on the news, probably for killing someone. He just hoped it wouldn't be him. <laughs> the end. Oh, that, was, that was good. That was really good. Broski224, uh, thank you for writing this beautiful story. And I would also like to thank, um, I think it was Sock Monkey. Sock Monkey. Um something something or other um for the nice um x-files story um yeah uh crazy sock monkeys for the uh for the nice uh fraser x-files crossover and um i'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in to this uh this broadcast um i thought i'd just mention at the bottom of the show that i've apparently found myself in a because uh, a rivalry with another podcast called halfway okay um this guy um sean green the host um just really really has it in for me um, for no good reason, um, seems a little self-righteous to me, um, but I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, thanks for tuning in and, um, catch you guys next time, uh, on Biopod Presents and Diction Theater. Don't hold back. <laughs>